Hi, come on in, grab a snack. Welcome to Bob and Joyce. We have a good program today and hope you leave with good ideas and by all means, a few good laughs. We want to support you doing bold work. Hey, hey Joyce. Hey, Bob. <laughs> How are you doing today? You know, I am, it's below zero here Ugh. and windy, but it's beautiful. There's a light snow on the ground and it kind of both perks me up and makes me want to go to bed with a good book. So yeah. other than that, I'm dandy and ready to talk. Well, the one thing I would tell you, you're in your house and it's nice and warm. I'm sure it'd be less beautiful if you were out there in the blustery wind. Oh my gosh. It's like little house on the prairie. You uh. know? think of texas yeah they don't know how to do cold no no not the way maine so um as as we think about our our conversation today uh in some respects it's it's kind of an outgrowth uh or a little bit deeper dive on what we discussed last time around areas of performance development uh and performance management um, and we, we kind of inferred that you need to lead very differently to have the right conversation to foster a person's development and growth. And it reminded me of uh, an article that you posted or a blog that you posted uh, a few years ago about this notion of having very different leadership skills uh, given these very different times. And and I think it's worth having a conversation about that today. You remember it, don't you? Yeah, I do, because I originally wanted to title it 2020, you know, like 2020 vision. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, leadership skills of being, not doing. But anyway, um, my thought was that the modern leader is going to have to skip a generation of leadership learning and leave <laughs> leaving, you know, learning while they're in midair, which used to be true no matter what, but now it's accelerated and it's different. Mm. It's, not, it's not more, better, faster for sure. So yeah, anyhow, and I have to laugh because when I write a curriculum or things, I tend to end up with words that start with C. <laughs> <laughs> so don't ask me why. Uh, hey, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm wondering, like, if you have a really good K word. <laughs> I'll spell it with a C, that's easy. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, um, I mean, you're not definitive. This was just thoughts. It was almost a rough draft of an article, but I would love to talk about it. Okay. And you, you said you almost titled it about leading as being and not doing. Could you, what's, what's behind those words? What do you mean by it? I think I'm not sure until I talk about it more. Okay. <laughs> it's it's um, much more skills of being than of doing. And I don't know how else to put that, but let's talk and ask me that at the end. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll start so, with one. Yeah. Give me one. Um, clear that the, the going to have to have a very sharp edge to the business strategy, cutting away everything that doesn't contribute to serving a very, very knowledgeable consumer. And, uh, oh, here's another C. <laughs> It'll mean clarity too about the values the company uses. 
and and that there's not much foggy, not much fuzzy area. Not at all. It reminds me of a CEO who once talked about that his job is nothing but talking mm-hmm. uh, and communicating and being clear. And he uses this uh, analogy that he has to spend time going all the way to the other end of the organization and drop in as if there was a microphone in the room. Yeah. He says, when I start hearing the clarity and the clearness at that level, uh, I know that I'm making a difference. Yes, when he can hear it come back at him. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, the clarity really is also just in in a time of confusion like we're in and not knowing, you have to make clarity in the short term as well as in the long time, long term, you're just mm-hmm. saying, step here, step forward, step into this direction. Anyhow, sharp, sharp edges as far as thinking goes, clear. And this is going to sound uh, a little bit of preaching, but my experience is that many times leaders think that they're being clear or think that they're repeating uh, the oh, message yeah. around clarity time and time again. And I think my experience tells me they probably still don't do it enough. Right. And here's a real flaw. (laughs) They often change the words Ah. because they're bored or they're in a different situation. It's the same meaning, but uh uh-uh, you got to, the words need to be the same where you want sharp edges. Yeah. Okay. Can I, uh, can I share one of your C words? Because I really like it. Yes. Uh, connecting with a C. <laughs> so it's connecting, um, and you know what? What I like about uh, connecting it, uh, there's really two dimensions. It's connecting with the humans that work in your organization, so that they feel seen uh, and heard and understood. Uh, so it seems like there's there's just the strong. Uh, I don't want to say care, that's another C word, but uh, that you connect with people to level where you get them and they get you. Uh, and then the second way this really connects with me uh, is, uh, do you get the fact that I said it, that it connects with me? Oh, I got it. Okay, a little implied humor there, uh, <laughs> is, is the notion that associates or employees in the company can kind of connect the vision to what their role is uh, and how to execute against it. So it kind of cuts on a lot of different levels. Connecting is, is having the right people doing the right task uh, to drive the right outcome. Um, did I get that right? Yeah, but most importantly, how to connect the customer ah. with their experience when they buy. How do you do that uh, is the primary task. But if you have these kinds of connections, I'm going to give you another C word. Okay. You get embedded coherence, which is just so great because the world, when you're, when you have coherent, what you do makes sense. And you do that through making the right connections, whether it's people or strategy or community, blah, blah, blah. Ready for another C word? Well, I can, I, I just have to, uh, take uh, what you just said about coherence. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the laws of physics uh, around coherence is 
if you have uh, 10 mechanical uh, grandfather clocks and you put them in the same room and you wind them up and you get the, uh, uh, the pedestal going or whatever the heck it is going, that I don't know whether it's a week or five days, that over time, those 10 grandfather's clocks will not only have the same uh, cadence and coherence, but the actual, uh, the, the thing that goes back and forth, they're all in sync. And so when I think about it in terms of an organization, it's as if, you know, everyone rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And you can, boy, you, I can smell it in a store or smell it in a bank or smell it at a corporate table when there is coherence. Yeah. Cool. You want another C word? You have one. Um, capable. <laughs> Modern leaders need to prove their worth. There've been too many top leaders who people didn't think they knew how to do the job. So they have to demonstrate their ability and fitness and, um, Followers need to know, they like to know that they are listening to and following someone who, shall we use another C word, who is competent. So I, in my thing, I say, do not underestimate the power of a leader who shows she or he are capable to do the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm you, gonna... can relax. you can relax. <laughs> your job, you're not going, oh, that person. Yeah, yeah. So um, capable. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna put two together because they feel like they may be opposites or in conflict, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but in fact, they're both necessary and required. And uh, one C word is commanding. Oh dear, yeah. And another C word, and it's actually a hyphenated word, is control light. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll take on commanding, but I'd like you to kind of do the uh, the offset with control light. If if I think about commanding, the one um, hang up that I've heard with someone being less command and control is the need for speed uh, and urgency. So when I I think of commanding, um, it's it's the ability to move the organization. Um, and, and get them doing things with some urgency and speed, not in a command and control way, but in a way of showing up uh, with not only having clarity and being clear, as you described earlier, but being able to understand that some situations warrant the leader to stand on the top of the hill and say, over there. Yeah. In fact, um, Brad Stevens, who went to college where I went, I recently sat in on a seminar with him and um, he likes to have a leaderless team. And I think they're struggling because of it. <laughs> and he's the Celtics coach for basketball. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So control light. Uh, tell me yeah, about that. Control light. I really liked, and I may read some of it, but the demand for clarity, well, if you, as long as, if you're clear, then you don't need to have a tight form of control. It's less burdensome and awkward for the associate. And sharp clarity on goals with freedom to find the way to achieve them is going to have to be for speed. So a lot of these things support speed, um, but also that allowing breadth and innovation 
will be the price for engagement and with customers. So it has to be control light, learning how to maintain focus, not control of the work of the company without punitive power. Amen. I love it. I love it. Um, one that I like is conflict comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like it in particular because uh, we all have a preference, meaning that some people love conflict. Uh, there are others that will avoid it at any cost. Uh, there are those that will avoid it in the spirit of being co collaborative. But if I think about the context of a leader, you're dealing with a lot of ambiguity. You're dealing with different teams working together to, to kind of uh, create uh, uh, momentum around a task. Uh, there's the high demands of the business and the chaotic nature of 21st century work. Um, there's going to be a lot of conflict. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and it's yeah. being comfortable calling it out and yeah. in a productive way, uh, you know, because oftentimes if you as leader, if you're not con comfortable with conflict, the organization will, will get paralyzed. Right, and you'll avoid situations, but it's really exciting. Uh, you and I once were part of a team where I think we um, had pretty good, uh, comfortable conflict. Yeah. And it's just exciting, especially when it's about teams. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about collaboration. That's in the air. Sure. Everybody loves it. But um, modern leaders, we're going to have to create and encourage collaboration because there are going to be more groups, projects partnerships that are going to form and unform, you know, come together for a while and do something and go to a home room, I think. And there'll be a blurred line between in and out of the company. So this is what I like. This sentence is knowing how to keep collaboration productive and focused while maintaining the value of working together is a very modern needed leadership skill. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing in what you're saying, we're not talking necessarily about consensus. No. As much as we're talking about having the right conflict, bringing groups together. There's that conflict word again. Yeah. Cool. And a lot of the, um, I'm thinking about that 50 person company I've talked about before. They're loud and um, I'm almost, they, they spark a lot. And they don't care. Yeah, they enjoy it. They hit hard, and they uh, and I found it a little disconcerting, but they just laugh and go on. It's it's really interesting. It's so it's very high conflict and very high collaboration. Yeah, if and that if, equals high creative. Yeah, if I'm totally transparent, my uh, preferred conflict model is accommodation. Mm. Uh, which I really don't like, uh, yeah. and particularly as a leader, um, because oftentimes when you accommodate, you end up with something that's either watered down or not um, the most ideal solution. Yeah, and I think at the top, when you're carrying a lot of power too, um, you have sometimes avoid conflict because your words mean too much. Ah, tell me more about I, that. I, well, I, um, I've talked recently to two coach colleagues of mine who have said the largest issue they're coaching on with executives is they're running from conflict. 
mm. um, because they quote with the new um, they don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. So as we bring in caring and compassion and kindness, we can't get. Oh, I want to say soft. Yeah. 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 I I worked with a CEO who uh, their preferred conflict model was avoidance. Mm-hmm. And it was a sea change in how this person led going forward because she realized through feedback, people were resistant or hesitant to bring some of the tough issues to yep. her yep. because they knew it would make her uncomfortable. Yep. So I like collaboration. Can I um, speak to another C word? Can I pick one out? Sure. Constant. Ooh, did I put that in there? Oh. Yeah, you have constant. It's so to yeah. me, that's the notion of showing up steady, yep. true to who you are and how you lead and what people have come to know uh, uh, is the way that you show up. And to be constant in that, in a world of chaos and constant shifting and pivoting, uh, it's important to kind of show up in a way that, that helps people work through it as opposed to uh, kind of becomes destabilizing. And, you know, you say, don't confuse a constant with rigidity. You know, right. it's not like you can't adapt to the situation, but it's more of what you talked about earlier. It's more about being, you know, how you show up than anything that you might do. So I like that one, Joyce. Yeah, it's the art of holding steady during confused. There's a C, confused C's. Yeah. And it means guiding without abrupt turns. And, you know, I've worked with what I, I have an article on the chaotic leader. Partially they get bored. Oh, there's another C, chaotic. I, if you didn't say it, I was going to. Yeah. So it does mean the modern leader has to be exceedingly grounded in the core of the business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, um, I'm here for you. It means I'm here. I've got my hand on the rudder. And we're going to make find our way through these confused seas. Okay. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Oh, gosh. I wish I would have published this five years ago. Um, courageous. I said courageous. Most CEOs want the top position. That's, in fact, that's one of the factors of um, success. That's if people really want it. And you have to learn to live with constant pressure and constant being observed and evaluated. And they have to learn how to make big, big mistakes and move on. They need a tough hide. And they're going to have to have the guts to be vulnerable when doing the right thing in face of Wall Street demands, firing a close colleague when necessary, standing up to the board, um, and then in leaning into the foundation of their personal and company values. Oh yeah. So in the article, I say when courage is needed, it can be an excruciating moment. I think it always is. Oh, I, I mean- it's real courage. Yeah. 
And so I end with a question saying, can you sustain that kind of pain? Yeah. I, and I found that I'm thinking of OD practitioners have to be very courageous as well because you know how you can keep your hands very clean as an external consultant. You've done both. Very sanitized. Yeah. But you have to be really courageous to stick to your center. Ah, see, yeah, I, I, I heard, uh, uh, imagine this, a Ted talk with Brene Brown and she challenged the audience. Think of a time you were courageous where risk and fear didn't exist. Hmm. And behind her question is, most people can't come up with an example. Right. So this idea of being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, taking risk, uh, having some fear uh, are all part of that. So um, here's, here's one. I wanna just say that I used to say, I was afraid a lot. Not a fear, just afraid of, um, I was stepping way out of normal boundaries. <laughs> but anyway, I, so I remember in a coaching to one client, I said a quote that I often say to myself now, I said, what's fear got to do with it? There was something she really wanted to do. And she kept saying, but I need to do this first and that first, because I'd be afraid to if I'd be afraid to if, and I just blurted out, what's fear got to do with doing what you want? Yeah. And I, I leave that topic with that question. So I'm going to give you my last one. Okay. And it uh, doesn't mean I want to hear more from you in terms of listening to me, giving you permission. Well, I'm going to give my last one, but you can share more. That's hidden command and control. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, what a toxic gender behavior I'm ex exhibiting today. Um, compassionate. Mm, that's um, now too. It was beaten into me uh, conditionally and environmentally early on as a leader that you showed up tough and you uh -huh. didn't show a lot uh, nor uh, acknowledge a lot of what might be happening with people around you. It's like you have your work life and you have your private life, leave them separate. So I, I really like compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, to me, it's the key to having people feel seen and understood and to see their uh, leader as someone who cares and has an element of kindness. Mm -hmm. Or I, I wish I, I don't actually have the definition at my hands. Maybe I should. But it's that feeling with someone. <sighs> And I, what I, I think I, I might rewrite re this because I do say when you're learning new behavior, you do have to exaggerate it. And kindness and compassion are now, if we're not careful, they're going to become a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. Or a marketing phrase. So real compassion is pretty quiet. Um, and for top leaders to compassion while taking action that does have hurtful impact is tough because you begin to tune out. Well, you know, it's, it's to me, the reason that it's important to be included uh, is that for many leaders, it means 
unlearning certain behaviors or ways of managing and relearning showing up as a human. And tolerating the pain yeah. of being connected. Yeah. There's pain involved. It's not all soft and cozy. There's a lot of pain in being passionate. And it's not soft. No. Not at all. Okay. So oh my gosh, we have conducted conductor of change. I like clever. We may come back to this commanding, not control and commanding. Yeah. Um, culturally adept. Wow. Well, we'll post this if you're cool with it on our Facebook page and then come back and talk more. Uh, I think we can do a debrief. I, um, I mean, add others. I like the culturally adept. I'm getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good stuff. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back and ask you. So you said you almost uh, titled this uh, leader uh, uh, in terms of being versus doing. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. You're coming back to that, Darren. You coming back. I think, I, I mean, it resonates with me. Well, and if you look at them and, and say, are you, as opposed to, do you, are you clever? By yeah. the way, that's an interesting one. The new generation really likes clever, quick understanding, new ideas, high demand for agility. Anyhow. Are you a conductor of change? Are you constant? Are you character proof, which we need to go into? Are you courageous? It's not, do you delegate? It's not, do you communicate? It's, are you? If you think of, are you creative? Are you culturally adept? Are you casual and companionable? Another big modern one. Yeah. Are you, yeah. So it's, uh, I think it's, if you put, are you, you know that it's about, being as opposed to do you, which is about action. Yeah. And this facilitates and encourages the action that needs to happen with less pain, more facility, and more innovation. Yeah. You, you know what's helpful about that, Joyce, is, you know, as a, as a country, we spend like over $40 billion a year on leadership development. Mm -hmm. So if I think about the doing aspect, it's almost like you become formulaic uh -huh. uh, and prescribed uh, uh, where the being aspect is really uh, a deepening of who you are and how you want to show up, which is very different uh, uh, development training. I almost nice. say training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Joyce, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple more C words as kind of my final thought okay. about this. Okay. You know, you titled this very different leadership skills for a very different time. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of my orientation and time as a leader has been around command and control. Mm -hmm. So those are two C words. And uh, uh, what you're describing is the command and control isn't going to cut it. It's caca. <laughs> two more C words or one C word hyphenated. Um you know, and so for those that are looking at their own leadership, I think this is a great read. Thank you. Thank I you. We'll, we'll play with it some more. Okay, cool. So we ready to say goodbye? Never. <laughs> never, never. We want to. We love our work and we enjoy talking with one another. So, you know, what the hell? Yes.
I'm, I am. Here's another C word. Are you ready? I am complete. Complete. <laughs> See you, everyone. Until <laughs> the next time when we won't be complete. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.